Hi everyone, welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Latino and LGBTQ activist Nicole Murray Ramirez is living San Diego history, and this weekend he'll get an honorary street name to prove it. Starting Saturday, December 3rd, the corner of Harvey Milk and Center Streets in Hillcrest will be known as Nicole Murray Ramirez Way. Nicole is known as the mayor of Hillcrest. He's on the Human Relations Commission for the city of San Diego, as well as the county. He's the chair of the national GLBT network and more. His resume is really, really long and impressive. I caught up with Nicole on the eve of this honor, which happens to fall on his birthday. We talked about LGBTQ rights, how San Diego has changed over the years and more. Here's our conversation. Nicole, hi, it's so nice to talk to you. Thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. So we are right on the cusp of your big birthday celebration and you're having a a street named after you in Hillcrest. How are you feeling? Well, you know, I I have different emotions. I'm uh, between 73 and death. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I, uh, you know, you you think a lot uh, of these things, but... I have found out something that I'm the first gay uh, male San Diegan to have this honor. And so I know there should be others. So I certainly will be looking into that and nominating. We have some people that have contributed that from the LGBTQ community that have contributed to uh, what makes uh, San Diego America's finest city. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an incredible honor. I mean, you have so much history here in San Diego. Um, you've you've seen it change over the years. Like, can you tell me more you know, about your background? Like, where are you well, from sure. here? Yeah, uh, and you touched on something about. It. I've always felt that God's uh, blessed me to witness the growth and the empowerment and the visibility, the visibility of the two communities I love, and that's the Latino and LGBT community. Uh, when I arrived here in San Diego in the early 1970s, uh, I you could you probably could count uh, women, uh, people of color, police on one hand. This was very conservative. Uh, Richard Nixon and Barry Goldwater both said this was their uh, their best city. In fact, Kennedy won every ele- every major top ten city except San Diego. Nixon won it in 1960. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've. Um, I've been blessed to see how we have grown. If you would have told me we were going to have a gay mayor and a mayor of color, uh, I would have thought you were on LSD uh, because uh, I, you know, working all this time and being an activist uh, out and let's say in the front lines and fields, uh, it was quite a struggle. Uh, I think you must know that San Diego is very segregated. I mean, Jewish people, uh, God bless them, couldn't even go into move into La Jolla and were not welcome. I think one of my good and lasting friends, uh, a Reverend George Walker Smith, who I always coined as the Martin Luther King of San Diego, said that San Diego, quote, was the Mississippi of the West. And uh that George was right at those times. I mean, gay and lesbians, uh, our bars, our establishment were raided. I saw women beaten up uh, just because they were dancing with each other at a bar. You've got to remember, it was not until, think about it, it was not until 1976 was homosexuality 
legal in California. I had friends that were taken uh, to mental hospitals, Atascadero, I think was the main one in California. Can you imagine taken to a state hospital just because of someone they loved? And many of them were subjected to lobotomies and electric shock treatment, never to return uh, the same. And that was just for uh, homosexuality. Now, also, uh, Latina uh, Mexican Americans couldn't marry non Mexican Americans. I, uh, uh, the marriage situation in California uh, for a long time, uh, African Americans could not marry Asians, uh, could not marry uh, Caucasians. Mm. How, how did you get your start in activism? Well, I come from a very traditional Catholic family. Uh, my mother was a devout Catholic, very religious, very involved in the church. My father was a uh, veteran and uh, was a activist in the Mexican-American community. Uh, he was one of the leaders in the American GI Forum, which was the first national Latino organization in the United States. Um and he loved politics. One of the greatest gifts he gave me was every week he would make uh, my brother and I watch Walter Cronkite, read Time Magazine, and the daily paper every day. But on the other hand, uh, once my father found out I was homosexual, um, in fact, my whole family uh, uh just dropped me. I, I loved my grandparents, but I wasn't even allowed to go to the funeral. Mm. And even my grandparents, who loved me, as soon as they found I was homosexual, would have nothing to do with me because they were convinced I was doomed. I'm sorry you to know. hear that. Did, well, did... you know, and and but a lot of gays, a lot of LGBT people. I always say, uh, those that have uh, parents, relatives, and uncle and aunt uh, that love them unconditionally, they should really cherish that. Uh, because I I didn't have a uncle or aunt or a cousin or a father or something like that. So um, and so many that I know still to this day die uh, without ever being reconciled with their families. Did you ever reconnect with your family, or did you find new family? Um, my father. Um, this is what's interesting. My father uh, started hearing of my involvement in politics. And, uh, you know, I would send him on purpose pictures with me when I was at the White House or having dinner with uh, Governor Davis at that time and, uh, and newspaper clippings and so forth uh, with me and uh, Cesar Chavez and, and others, uh, Coretta Scott King. And so he saw those pictures, that, but still he, he kind of, Thing we would at the end of our well, let's say thing, I would see him. He was very cold. I don't remember my father ever saying he loved me or um, uh, our a family having that. I think my father kind of knew <laughs> that I wasn't going to be uh, what he had hoped I was going to be. But I got to tell you honestly, and I I mean this for uh, from my heart that I feel God's blessed all homosexuals. Uh, because we we get to have two families. We have our our blood family, and then we have our chosen family. I can tell you, I'd probably be dead, uh, o o over de uh, overdose on drugs, or suicide um, 
if it wasn't for my rainbow chosen family who have been with me. I have friends that I've been friends with of over 50 years. One of them's going to be there tomorrow. A lot of them have passed, but I, I'm so glad that God's blessed me with my rainbow family. And I mean by rainbow family, my LGBTQA+, because I have a lot of straights that, uh, I mean, that's some of my closest uh, friends in my family, rainbow family, uh, are allies and friends of our movement. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, you know, you spoke about how LGBTQ rights have improved. You know, you, you've seen it improve over the years, but there are obviously still issues. I, I saw you speak a couple weeks ago about the Colorado Springs shooting at Club Q, and you said you're worried about the direction the country is going. Can can you share more about your thoughts on LGBTQ rights today? Absolutely. Um, the title of my speech, I always I do a lot of public speaking uh at rallies and so forth across the country this one i titled something's wrong with america because i come from a time when our children could be in the front lawn and you didn't have to worry i come from a time where our churches we could go there and worship or temples or mosques nothing to worry about and then i come from a time when our schools my god you could drop them i feel so and I could never have the pain, but I feel for these parents who now uh, are dropping off their children, and they are worried. I I I feel for our uh, African American mothers that are concerned. But saying all that, I also know that there's been a lot of change in San Diego. You've got to remember, I had got beat up by police not only in San Diego but Los Angeles. Uh, and let me tell you this. We have absolutely improved in our relationship with the police. Now we have trans and 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 San Diego police force and then the sheriff we have engaged. But I think as a whole, and I hate to say this, but the last president we had seemed to have made it comfortable for those Americans that are biased, have hatred or or prejudice to now be more public about it now confront those that they do not like i mean and and look at i'll never forget the african men they these elderly african-american ladies were just in church to pray to have a gathering and a neo-nazi went and shot the jewish community i'm very afraid for them i mean it's not only uh the attacks and hate crimes against them uh, have practically quadrupled. It's that way in the United States and and in the world. And then when you read that people more uh, uh, surveys, they're going higher. More people are believing that the Holocaust did not happen. These are these are serious times uh, for the LGBTQ community, for people of color, for the Jewish. Uh, it's these incidents. Are, uh, and even in California, I believe it's 30%, the Attorney General said hate crimes uh, were up. So what's what's going on with America? You know, something's very wrong. And uh, I believe it's not only my community. I believe, and I was fought against her, Anita Bryant, when she had a national crade, uh, uh, crusade saying save our children. I, in fact, I spoke. Uh, she was in a rally in Tucson, Arizona, and they uh, flew me over to speak at the rally. And then Senator Briggs, remember it's infamous, you know, let's take all the gays out of the uh, school districts and teachers and so forth. Um, I fought all that. 
And now to hear that people are concerned about drag queens who dress up like little fairy godmothers to tell beautiful fairy tales. I mean, they act like they're going there as uh, strippers or, uh, I mean, what's wrong uh, uh, with America uh, to have this much hate and, and have this much, uh, I was a Republican, by the way, um, and to see what this party has become, it's 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 scary. And also what happened January 6th. I mean, that was an attempt to have a coup. I mean, it's it's there's something wrong in America hmm. now. When did you change your political affiliation? Well, that's what I got. uh you have to remember again. I was raised very Catholic, very anti-abortion. Uh, when I was, because that's what I was taught. I felt that if I even walked into a Protestant church, right, lightning would strike me. Uh, I was very uh, spiritual in that. Uh, then AIDS hit, uh, and uh, that's what turned me. We had a president. And Ronald Reagan did some fine things, but all presidents should be judged by the good and the bad. For that man not to even mention the word AIDS until his sixth year, for that man who had many gay friends, in fact, some of them decorated the White House, and I know one of them, he died, and, and both Nancy and Ronald Reagan never even acknowledged his death. And they were best friends. Mm -hmm. They stayed at the White House. So uh, then I, I I couldn't handle it anymore, and I switched over to um, uh, being a Democrat. In fact, the first presidential candidate I voted for was Jesse Jackson, and I got to introduce him actually in two rallies and spoke at, at the same rally. But I want to make it very clear. We need a two-party system. There are some good, look at what just passed, the Defense of Marriage Act in the Senate. We needed Republican votes. Clearly, we needed Republican votes to make it uh, to the success. It was at, I believe, 60. So there are good Republicans, but I am so afraid that the party has been taken over uh, to the point of it's, it's almost a fascist party. And then the Republicans who were so anti-communist are now supporting Putin, many of them. I, you know, <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, if you would have told me all this, I would have said, oh, no, impossible. But that's what's happening uh, in America. And what people don't realize is that we people of color are going to be the majority in our majority. Now, on that vein, think about it. If Latinos, and I'm Latino, voted, every uh, let's say 80 percent of Latinos who could vote, who could register and vote in California, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, we would control those states. And it's a fact. I'm so happy that there are more Latinos voting more and more, but we need to do a better job. And uh, as you probably know, I'm vice uh, chair of the county's Human Relations Commission and also uh, on the uh, city's human. The only thing that is going to stop or attempt to stop or maybe stop all this hate and and us to progress is for building better bridges 
and extending our hands to each other. Latinos working with, there's a lot of African-Americans, God bless them, that do not like gays. There's a, look what the Los Angeles situation with that city council uh, where the two Latinos, uh, they recorded them. And, and it's, there's such a division in many ways. I always say, I hate crime and attack on one of our communities should be on hate uh, crime and attack on all our communities. I see a little progress, but not the progress. Look at that. And, 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 and for a woman to control her own body, my God, mm-hmm. you know, and there are some, well, no, no, I don't No, We need to be a strong coalition, support each other because the same enemies you usually see, do you, you notice that when they do arrest the terrorists or do these hate crimes and stuff, and they go on the internet and their Facebook and stuff, they're not only rattling about gays, they're not only rattling about blacks, they're rattling about Jewish and everything. We're lumped all together, and since we are, we should all build a coalition and be together. I mean, yeah, clearly there is a lot of work to be done. I mean, what are some actionable items people can do now to try to, you know, better link those communities? Well, I'm going to give you an example. The first um, Black Lives Matter rally in San Diego was when that young teen in Florida, I forget, can't pronounce his name, uh, all the hoodies and stuff, Mm -hmm. was in front of the federal building downtown San Diego. I went to that. Hardly anybody there, but there were a lot of African-Americans, but hardly any non. Uh, I went to an Asian Pacific Islander um, rally in uh, Balboa Park. Uh, I reach out myself. If Even those what I call the diehards, activists that are... They need to reach, go to attend. It's like our hate crimes rally that you saw, that you attended. Did you see many allies of ours there? No, not at all. Did you know when, remember when uh, the Florida nightclub uh, was uh, was attacked? God, what was its name? Um, uh, the Pulse nightclub? Pulse. Dig this. Pulse nightclub, 40 some of them were Latinos. And everyone was speaking. And in San Diego, no Latinos were speaking out. I was so hurt and upset. Uh, I don't care if they weren't Latinos. They should have. So I called, and God bless them, on David Violet and others, uh, very respected leaders. And I said, you need to speak out and say something about this. And my God, we held a a a mass rally type at St. Paul's Cathedral. And uh, we got the bishop to come. And uh, I spoke about the pain that Latinos get, that are gay and how many. So it was a beautiful coming together of the Latino community and other supporters and acknowledging what people don't realize. Like they'll tell me, uh, Caucasian gays, because there's prejudice. Why are you helping those refugees? Well, we are a global family. They are gay Africans in Africa. There's gay Muslims. There's gay everything. Aren't we a global community? And even if they weren't gay, when our, uh, I help some of the refugees, uh, there's a casa it's called uh, the Casa Inn, and uh, they have all kinds of people. I don't know why people, us, people of color, and my, 
put people in pegs and act like the hate crime against them, that was bad. But it's not as bad as a hate crime against them. And I'm not saying they don't equal it. I equal it. You have to equal it. And and, and people think I, I can be controversial. I don't know about you, but I'm sure you're human and you do. I weep when I see a policeman's widow with her children talking to the press of her husband being shot on a domestic, just a domestic call. I also weep when a mother of an African young boy is shot and killed. I mean, I wish people would see that we're human and the hate on on any community is a hate on your community. And it is that, like I said, especially those of us that are of color and, and, and gay and lesbians. Mm, yeah, well said. Uh, well, Nicole, I want to ask you about your connections. I mean, you have met so many famous and influential people. Arguably, you are also that. Um, how How did you come into contact with all of these big names? You know, uh, I call them pinch me mo moments because uh, <laughs> I pinch myself and go, well, I'm in the White House. I pinch myself me meeting and talking, having the honor of meeting and talking uh, personally with Coretta Scott King uh, at, and at a private reception uh, working with uh, Chavez. I got Chavez, uh, I called him and said, George Chavez, will you come to a gay? Everyone said he wouldn't come uh, to a great uh, 1987, the biggest rap, probably about 800 to a million gays. It was the middle of age. So, and everyone predicted it. And I had worked with him and he goes, yes, I'll come, my son. Chavez not only walked the entire parade in Washington, D.C., and, and I got to introduce him and he spoke. He said it was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, 800 people rarely ever spoke that. Uh, I God's blessed me. I mean, I, I I've met some some wonderful uh, uh, people that I, I don't know how I met them. Well, I because I obviously I've you know uh, become elected on national uh, organizations. I was the first San Diego elected to Equality California as a state president and uh, was elected president of the National Latino Gay Organization uh, and all that. And uh, I guess people think I'm a pretty good speaker. So when I speak and stuff, then people, oh, well, you come to our pride or our rally. I was really happy to be named a grand marshal uh, of, uh, what was it? Oh, Washington, D.C., among others. And I got to meet Ann Richards, made me, are you ready? An honorary Texan gave me a proclamation. And uh, what a dynamic woman. I mean, <laughs> I, I there's some people I, I will never forget, you know, and Harvey Milk. I mean, I was blessed to have worked with them against the John uh, Briggs Initiative and, and stuff. And here's my most important thing uh, that I proudly say it practically wherever I go, that a community, indeed a movement that doesn't know where it came from, or whose shoulders it stands on doesn't really know where it's going. And that's the truth. Whatever left in my life, I, uh, I'm i uh, uh, president of the uh, San Diego GLBT Historic Task Force. And my outlook is there should be more streets, more, I mean, for George Walker Smith, 
for all kinds of African-American, Latino, and that help build this community. Maria Garcia has written a book that I just love. It's called We Built San Diego. I mean, she's right, you know. It's a wonderful book, and I'm very pleased to say that I'm in negotiation about writing a book uh, on the history of the gay community in San Diego. Oh, amazing. I would love to read that. What What else are you working on these days? Well, I, I have... <laughs> We are, I'm a national chair of a stamp, trying to get a stamp. Uh, you know, uh, I led the successful effort for the Harvey Milk U.S. Uh, stamp. It's funny. It's a funny story. It's that people don't realize letter writing has more effect than it ever had. Because who writes letters? Mm. So I launched, uh, and it took eight years, a national letter writing campaign because I discovered I was involved in the Chavez stamp campaign and supporting it and getting involved, that there was no stamp in honor of a gay person, openly gay. So I launched a campaign, national campaign, uh, for a stamp and Harvey Milk, and we got it. And what do you think uh, the Postmaster General at that time told me? He said, we got letters from Montana and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, I go, yeah, we're everywhere. So uh, after that, and when they lifted Don't Ask, Don't Tell, I started researching about ships and how they were named and stuff. And only months after it was lifted, I launched a national campaign to name a ship after uh, Harvey Milk, who was stationed here in the 1950s, was an officer. uh, And uh, it only took us, I think, six years. And we got the ship that was built in San Diego at NASCO, Christian and launch. It was it was pinch me moments again for me, but I want to make something clear. Some people say, oh, well, you're a visionary. No one can come up with ideas or good ideas or great ideas without people who believe in them and follow them and 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 get involved. Uh, that old saying that it takes a village, I can tell you, I could be the, the village uh, crier clown crier screaming this if those villagers did not like what they hear and join me in these national campaigns uh they would never have been successful when i was in the white house with that thing i i mean it was tears of joy i mean and people would come up there well how do you i go this was a campaign there were a lot of letters me writing two three letters would not have gotten the job done uh, with a Harvey Milk U.S. stamp or a U.S. and Harvey Milk. And uh, it was done by people who sat down and wrote letters. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. It is more powerful now than ever. For, yeah, that makes a oh, lot of sense. I mean, they said they never, they say, oh, we get all these petitions or emails. Huh? They go, because I had kids writing, young young gay teens, and how would it meant. I had, think about it. Harry was perfect. He was Jewish, he was gay, and he was in the Navy, a veteran. So mm-hmm. I hit all three. <laughs> <laughs> and so they got a lot of letters. Awesome. Well, very well done. Um, Nicole, I, I want to ask you about your birthday party. So as you said, you're turning 73 Saturday, December 3rd. You're having the ceremony. Okay. What's going on? This is going to be your biggest culture. I did not say I was 73. I said I'm between 73 and... Oh, okay. It's a long story. <laughs> Let's just say... Uh, I have known three outstanding plastic surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my, hey, I've had my nose done three times. 
my chin, my eyes. Yep. And you know what? <laughs> Never paid for it because I was very smart. I I got people to go, you know, referrals. And, and one plastic surgeon said, hey, your referrals bought what, half of my house. Wow. Uh, you know, so and now I live in Shady Pines. I live in senior housing. I've learned a lot out of that, too. I'm very busy and I am blessed to have, you know, that I've never driven in my life, never swam, never rode a bike. But I get around anywhere because I have uh, uh, my little rainbow family that gets me where I've got to get. And but living in senior housing, oh, my God, the way they treat seniors, my fellow senior, seniors, is un- my, the managers in this building, we probably have had a dozen in the years that I've been here. It's just and, and but the beauty of senior housing is that people become their own families. My uh, housing has more uh, different languages, but they they watch out for each other. They cook for each other and they create their own little family within. I'm always gone and stuff. And I hate to make friends with some of them because some of them are even more older than I am. There's one that's night. Oh, I love her. Uh, She's 90, I think 96. And you know, I bring her flowers and stuff, and she's not well off. And it's you know mm. Christmas and different holidays, so you get these relationships. Sometimes I feel the the coroner and ambulance come to this building weekly. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, but the good thing is, I don't think, and this senior thing, and I think it reflects that you're not alone if you don't want to be because uh, the other seniors, they get together, they get to know, I know so many of them and they call me the mayor because I get, I get things for them. And I also call up when they're, you know, they come to me uh, when they need help with elected officials or, you know, their social security or, and even we, uh, we hold, uh, I hold uh, in the community, uh, a Turkey and, and thing, uh, uh, campaign you know to to get them and uh we give them out uh to them lorena gonzalez and nathan nathan gave us 30 turkeys this year uh chris ward gave us 30 five uh the mayor gave us i think it was 30 i had no one on my list and not this is not just in and at my uh uh my what you call it, uh, my senior housing. We give it to other senior housings and stuff, mm-hmm. and also families that need and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about your birthday party on Saturday. Who's coming? Well, tomorrow there. Uh, I'm so honored. Uh, uh, Dennis and Ju- Judy Shepherd, of course, Matthew Shepherd's parents, uh, and uh, the former mayor of the first lesbian, first gay lesbian mayor, can you imagine, of Salt Lake City who got a street, but she always brags to me, she got a boulevard named after Harvey Milk. Uh, and uh, and Stuart Milk, who's very become a very family good friend of mine, who is Harvey Milk's nephew. Uh, and uh, uh, I mean, I have friends coming and supporters and community leaders uh, from all the way from New York, from Florida, uh, Bevan Dufty, who is a uh, supervisor who uh, sat in Harvey Milk's seat and represented in that seat. I'm really, really blessed to to have uh, this uh, these people mm-hmm. come all the way here uh, for the street uh, honor uh, that's going to happen. 
Amazing. Well, so well-deserved. I want to wish you a happy birthday and thank you so much for joining me and sharing a part of your story. And I'm so glad to have met you. Oh, thank you for reaching out. I think uh, any type of interview of any of our, it, it gets people to know that we're not just about, you know, people are shocked because they'll see a rosary. I mean, we're like all any other Americans. There's a lot of us. A poll was taken. It's like vast majority of gays are spiritual, religious. It's just they've been kicked out of their churches a lot, but that hasn't let them lose their faith wise in the Jewish wise. We're not only we're very patriotic. Uh, we served our country. Many have served, and uh, I think. And I appreciate it and thank you that maybe someone hearing this will say, wow, I've learned something Mm -hmm. about this, this community.